Hey, it's Daniel from FACE and you're all listening to FACE magazine audio interview. Our today's guest is Ervan Kompes, a freelance designer based in Australia. We talk with him about working as a freelancer and pros and cons of such a workflow. For more details, you can always check out face.com magazine. Enjoy the interview. So, hi, it's Daniel from FACE. Welcome to another episode of FACE Magazine Podcasts. And today with me, I have Ervan Kopes, uh, who is a freelance designer currently based in Australia. Uh, hi, Ervan, how are you? Uh, hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, you live in Australia. That, that's so awesome. I, uh, there are not that many people I know who live there. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for a few weeks, uh, for about a month. Uh, in Gold Coast, so on uh, in Queensland, and uh, it's been really so great, especially after uh, Berlin starting to get colder. Uh, managed to dodge the winter just in time. Yeah, that's true. It's super cold in Berlin right now, two degrees in, <laughs> in Celsius. Uh, yeah, uh, you're really lucky you are not here. <laughs> but but we actually met with Ervan here in Berlin uh, a few weeks ago. And today we want to uh, talk with Ervan about uh, his work as a freelancer and how is it to work as a freelancer, what are pros pros and cons of working uh, working in freelance and yeah, how to start working as a freelancer too. So uh, Ervan, can you first introduce yourself and explain what you do? Sure. So my name is Ervan. I'm 29 years old. Uh, originally from France, uh, so as you said, currently uh, I'm in Australia, and uh, I'm working as a brand and interaction designer, uh, and I'm currently focusing on interaction and motion design for apps, websites, and uh, moving uh, towards uh, design in code directly. Awesome. So I've recently uh, left Berlin. I was working for two years in Berlin. Uh, and I've moved uh, all my clients to uh, remote work. So I'm now working 100% remotely. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're currently working as a freelancer. Is there any reason why you chose working that way? Uh, Have you worked uh, in office before? I have. I've worked in agency and with client directly uh, Mm -hmm. several times. Uh, The first time I started working as a freelancer, uh, was kind of a happy coincidence. Uh, I was working as a product manager in France in a creative agency where I had the chance to work with a, a really interesting clients, luxury uh, brand watches from Switzerland. Uh, so large budgets and a high attention to detail and quality. Uh, but when I left this agency, I wanted to uh, move to somewhere warmer, uh, to the tropics. So that was actually my first uh, my first uh, trip to the tropics, and I looked at uh, the different uh, agencies that were in Tahiti and French Polynesia, and actually found one that was looking for a freelance designer, not only for digital products, but also for print and graphic design. And uh, I actually, at that point, hadn't been working uh, really professionally as a designer, and it was more of a, a skill that I developed as a hobby uh, that's derived from photography, from photo editing and photo manipulation, and then led me later into design and code. 
And uh, I thought I'd just rise up to the challenge. It felt right. And it turned out to be uh, a freelance position. So when I moved there, I started my uh, freelance business. And that's the first time I worked as a freelancer. And I really enjoyed the, the freedom, uh, the feeling of agency, of being 100 responsible for my successes and failures and not having to answer to too many constraints coming from, uh, from the person actually giving me work. And uh, after a while of working as a freelancer, do you have any comparison of working like that and working full-time? Uh, have you ever worked full-time? Absolutely. I actually yeah. came back uh, after a couple of years in Tahiti. Uh, I traveled, did the whole digital nomad thing for a while in uh, Southeast Asia. And then I came back to Europe and uh, was offered a position at uh, an agency in Berlin. Uh, and I missed actually working in a team because I was mostly working on my own with one-off projects uh, while I was working as a freelancer. And uh, so I joined this agency and I was really glad to find uh, the synergy that you find uh, while working in a team locally uh, with everyone in the office. And I learned a lot there, but I also, in the end, after a year working at that agency, discovered that... Um, that's uh, actually not what I wanted. Like, I don't want to be working uh, necessarily in someone else's company. And uh, I missed the freedom and the independent part of being a freelancer. Uh, so I think there are several ways that you can work as a freelancer, which uh, might make it positive and negative experience. Uh, I found that um, I found a way after that to, to work as a freelancer and to still be working within teams, whether it's face-to-face uh, -face or remotely, uh, which allowed me to, uh, to satisfy the needs that I had to become part of uh, something collective. And uh, if I had to compare them both, uh, mm -hmm. I would say that a lot of people think that working uh, in agency or working full-time, generally speaking, is something safe because you're uh, employed by another company and you're not 100% responsible for uh, for every project and you're actually sort of tagging along for the ride. But uh, in my experience, I find that it's actually a sort of illusion and you're not really the master of your own fate and you're sort of living, at least that's, that was my experience. I was sort of working in a more passive way and uh, coming back to freelancing since uh, February earlier this year, uh, I've really enjoyed being able to select my projects uh, being able to take time when I need it to work on, you know, personal projects, side projects, and just generally being able to better organize my schedule and my life based on my excitements, my inspirations, and my goals. Yeah, for sure. The flexibility part of working as a freelancer is a huge, um, huge deal here. But uh, are there more pros uh, of working uh, as a freelancer? And also, like, what, what's on the other side? What are the cons of uh, working in such a mm -hmm. way? Uh, definitely a big pro would be uh, the ability to generate more income. Mm -hmm. um, I found uh, that after going freelance, I uh, just made about three to four times what I was making as an employee. Just because uh, if you want to work more, then you can work more or work better and then make more money. And you also have the ability to adjust your, your rates and uh, negotiate new relationship every time you're working on the project with a new client, which is not really that easy, especially if you have to play 
office politics uh, in a full-time position where you have to constantly renegotiate your your salary in a position which I deem to be inferior as an employee. Um, so that's generally a plus. Uh, I really like the feeling of agency, like I said, you know, being able to uh, to be in control of uh, pretty much everything about your business. I like the uh, feeling of entrepreneurship because it's basically, uh, I think, the first steps towards starting a company. It's, it's a one-person company and uh, you're managing your services. And if you later want to uh, start a company and employ other people, I think it's a great transition. Uh, now, that being said, of course, you have more responsibilities. Uh, you have to be responsible for your business development, uh, attracting new clients, new projects, uh, for your finances um, and your accounting, your tax uh, declarations and so on, uh, which is maybe not something everyone wants to be taken care of. You could always outsource it, um, but um, it is just like a company. And uh, I can understand that it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it's definitely more pros than cons. <laughs> and you mentioned like uh, you have to like pitch yourself to different companies. And uh, is there any way how you are doing like uh, doing it? Like, what's the way for you to look look for new uh, freelance opportunities? Uh, so I didn't really have to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. As soon as I went freelance, I just uh, updated my. LinkedIn profile and get a lot of requests for work, uh, mainly because of the way the industry works, especially in Berlin. Uh, a lot of um, HR companies uh, have recruiters actively looking for talents, uh, especially on LinkedIn, to match them with client needs. And so I regularly get uh, a couple of requests per day to work on new projects and was sitting in a pretty comfortable position where I could actually negotiate my rates and select my projects. Um, if you're not doing it this way, I would say if you have to be more active, let's say you're starting out as a freelancer, you don't necessarily have uh, uh, influence uh, on LinkedIn or other social media, and you're not getting uh, any leads passively, I would start by uh, gathering contacts, uh, preferably uh, direct contacts through networking, attending events, especially if we're talking about Berlin, you know, going to events uh, at yeah, factory buildings and other yeah, meetups and just create networks, a network of people who uh, work around your industry and also actively uh, on LinkedIn, try and find uh, recruiters who recruit heavily in your field so that you can uh, uh, build a relationship with them and then have a reliable flow of uh, projects and new leads and uh, another way is of course to more traditional way would be to uh, look at all the agencies and in, uh, in your city and uh, just send a lot of emails uh, signaling your availability for new projects and then meeting up with people um, now mm-hmm. uh, especially since uh, uh, since I had to uh, when I moved away from Berlin I wanted to work remotely. I had to transition to 100% remote work. So what I did is that I actually uh, uh, created uh, accounts and portfolios on several platforms, uh, which allow me to work on uh, remote projects. So platforms like TopTal, 
crème de la crème, um, A-line, uh, and these actually, uh, just as I was describing the behavior of recruiters on LinkedIn, these companies have recruiters that are also trying to match uh, the talents that are on their platform with the clients that come in. So working in the same way. Okay, so also using those third-party platforms to find uh, different projects. Um, exactly, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you start working on projects and then you get referred by clients to other clients and gradually it becomes uh, more of a passive uh, business development. You could always be more active, but at least you have that base uh, that uh, brings you work. Um, and also, like most of the projects you are working on are parts, uh, like one-time jobs, or you also have some clients that are you have long-term uh, contracts with, and you are constantly like working for for them on some projects, all over like um, just checking stuff they're producing and just having with them a longer relationship, uh, relation that's like still going and going. It depends. There are, there are a few uh, clients that I work with on a regular basis, especially uh, some companies who have several products. And uh, usually I work with them to develop a product. And then uh, once it's, uh, let's say, up to cruising speed, uh, move on to another product. Mm -hmm. And then I have more one-off projects where it's just a couple of weeks of work, uh, just getting building an MVP or, or something like this. So it's really varied. It really depends. Okay, so there is now more that, more that it's uh, 50-50, you would say? Um, it, it varies, and I'm not really trying to uh, uh, influence it one way or another. Mm -hmm. I actually like the freshness of uh, you know shorter projects, but also sometimes it's nice to uh, maintain a team that works well and keep working with them on other products. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like having so many projects, it's also, I'm pretty sure, hard for you to put like a fair price point of, uh, on all of your work. So uh, how, to actually, how did you actually came up with a price point that was like enough for you and was fair for companies that wanted to work with you? Okay. Um, of course, there are several ways you can do this. You can gradually... Uh, gravitate towards a price that feels right for you and your clients uh, within the market you are in uh, or in the industry you're working in. Uh, for me, I when I went freelance, I already knew approximately was what was the, the market price, for example, in Berlin uh, for UX UI designers uh, on the market and what I could ask for based on uh, friends who were already freelancing. And then I uh, adjusted it to uh, be uh, a price that I feel comfortable working, where I will never be, uh, you know, disappointed or frustrated by a project uh, based on how much I'm making. So what I factor in the price is uh, all the potential frustrations that can come with a project in terms of organization, in terms of, uh, you know, turn of events that allow you to adjust. And then make sure that the rate I'm charging is a rate uh, that uh, emotionally and uh, psychologically prepares me to handle all of these uh, potential uh, changes. Uh, so essentially, just mm -hmm. to break it down, uh, uh, I would recommend to, to put a price that, uh, that you really would like to earn. And then naturally, you will attract 
clients who are ready to pay for this. Okay. Yeah, I think it's really hard to put a price tag. And I always have like a huge respect for everyone who is able to do it very, very fair. Uh, but I think it's also changing, like, uh, if you have more experience in that area, then you just know how much, uh, you should put on, on your work. Probably. I would say as a general, it's better to start by asking too much mm -hmm. and then adjust down them doing the opposite, uh, just for a long-term, you know, business development strategy. Uh, if, uh, you, especially if you're working with clients long-term and you've, let's say, gotten them used to a, a lower rate, which then uh, you've grown out of and you don't feel comfortable working for, uh, it might be a bit more complicated to uh, introduce a new rate. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so since we are talking about like very, uh, very serious stuff, uh, you can uh, tell us more about how you deal with taxes and all the other legal part of your job and how uh how it's actually how you should start with that if you are just a begin a beginning your journey with freelance how should you like came up with solutions for all of those legal problems okay um again it depends on the country you live in uh, at the time where i started my freelance business i was in berlin earlier this year uh, it's not very easy especially uh, me not really speaking the language Mm -hmm. uh, German bureaucracy is, uh, to say the least, uh, quite complicated. And um, yeah, that, that's that's very nice way <laughs> of saying that. <laughs> Not and, even for uh, companies. There are, <laughs> there are people that you can hire, uh, tax advisors who will help you, uh, uh, you know, smoothen out the process and do the the cumbersome tasks of uh, of uh, tax declaration and tax optimization for you. As far as starting the business, that's one of the simplest things you can do in Germany. Uh, starting a freelancer business uh, is quite easy because, you know, uh, I guess that's one thing they want to make easy so people are uh, encouraged to uh, create their business and start uh, collecting taxes for, for the state. Um, I always did my taxes myself. Um, so far, I have not run into any issue uh, except... Uh, Actually, just yesterday, a slight uh, drawback um, is that uh, in Germany, uh, there is a, quite a concerning, uh, in my opinion, breach of uh, personal privacy when it comes to banking, when it comes to personal data, which is quite funny when you think about it uh, because of you know all the, the current concerns about privacy and all the measures that are being taken in Europe to protect it is that um, I had a little drawback with the, the tax office where apparently I owed them uh, a little bit of money, maybe just over 150 euro. And uh, they were not able to communicate it to me through email or phone for some reason. So I was not aware of it. And they managed to uh, have my one of my accounts freeze, frozen uh, in Germany, which uh, is quite surprising for anyone who comes from outside Germany. Uh, yeah, that yeah. the bank would would allow this. Um, I would say that it's a little complex in Germany, and maybe uh, in hindsight, I would actually recommend getting a tax advisor, even if it's just to run some maintenance uh, punctually a few times a year, and then you can do the basic VAT things yourself, which are pretty straightforward. 
even go using Google Translate. Now, uh, I've actually uh, uh, started a company in France, uh, which is the one I'm using right now. And uh, it's much more simple. I don't need to hire anyone. Uh, the, the process is extremely straightforward. Uh, you don't have to fill documents that are not required in the end. And uh, uh, But it's actually a part of the, the job that I quite enjoy when it's not too complex because I feel like I have a good handle on all the side of my business. And uh, I think uh, self-reliance is, uh, is quite a good thing in the end. Yeah. Also, since you are fr uh, fr French, it's way easier for you to set it up all <laughs> sure. in your main country. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, I also wanted to ask you about your preferences regarding work environment. Like you mentioned uh, before we started talking that um, you kind of like working in offices, but you also mentioned factory here in Berlin. Uh, so what's your like favorite type of workplace and how like, how each of those workplaces is affecting your uh, kind of workflow? Okay, so uh, I work best at home. I like to have a nice uh, office at home. Uh, when I was in Berlin, I built myself a nice wood and steel standing desk uh, with a nice uh, workspace, uh, plants around it and all that. Uh, I really enjoy working this way because then I have access to, you know, my home, the comfort of my home, the kitchen, all that, uh, which is great and which is basically what I'm doing right now uh, on a much more minimalist uh, style mm -hmm. uh, because I'm working remotely. Uh, but otherwise, while working uh, as a freelancer in Berlin for different companies, I really enjoyed actually going into the office and and working with coworkers there. So. I think, generally speaking, a balance of, uh, even as a freelancer, of working on-site and remotely from the comfort of my home is what I prefer. And I like to work in silence, in very calm environments. I'm Most of the time when I'm working, I'm wearing my noise-canceling headset and uh, just either listening to some music or just working in silence. Some, and I, ca I cannot work from coffees and coffee places or... A co-working space. Sometimes, yeah, you know, with the headset, I can get into. Yeah, I can get into a flow, and uh, especially with the heads, a good headset, I can sort of uh, abstract uh, the environment around me. Mm -hmm. But I prefer to be, yeah, in a calm environment, preferably surrounded by nature. Yeah. Um... And uh, also, my last question is actually about uh, moving. Actually, to uh, right now it's to Australia, but later on you want to move somewhere else. Uh, from Berlin, uh, what was the effect on your job on that? Like you mentioned, um, you set up your LinkedIn profile while being here, so you got a lot of uh, job opportunities from Berlin itself. But um, what's like what's the long term uh, effect on your job after moving to uh, from Berlin? Uh, well, obviously, um, I've, I still get requests for work in Germany, uh, but obviously uh, uh, less clients are inclined to work 100% remotely. Mm -hmm. Some of the clients that I worked with until now in Germany, uh, I'm still working with remotely. And uh, in order to facilitate the transition, I actually, as I mentioned before, uh, created portfolios and strong profiles on several freelancing remote 
work platforms, uh, which allow me to now have a, an influx of leads uh, for work that is not location-based, uh, which is, uh, you know, substituting the work that I was doing in Berlin, mostly on location, uh, perfectly. Uh, I have not noticed any, uh, any uh, let's say, drawback from that situation, from the transition. And I actually enjoy an even greater freedom of time management and choosing my hours. And of course, there's a, a let's say, a, a consequence of this is that working remotely, uh, you really do have to organize yourself well, especially with the rest of the teams, and uh, over-communicate rather than under-communicate. So a lot of uh, work has to be done through Slack to make sure everyone is on the same page. And for that, I primarily use uh, uh, an agile framework like Scrum to, uh, to have dailies and you know keep everyone in the loop on what are the current tasks being done. But uh, so far, I can say that the transition was quite successful. And uh, I'm working on interesting projects, and it seems to be uh, developing more and more uh, in terms of uh, remote projects. I'm also... Uh, <laughs> curious thing, I actually changed my location to Gold Coast on LinkedIn, and I've started getting requests here for jobs in Brisbane, freelance oh. jobs <laughs> as well. But obviously, I'm not staying long enough to to make it a a reliable long-term relationship yeah yeah i can imagine uh awesome ervan like i'm pretty sure your answers to all of our questions uh, would be a huge inspiration for everyone who is thinking about starting a freelance job and i also myself learned a lot of things um so i'm pretty sure all of you said uh will be very useful for our community uh, is there anything you want to plug in uh, where people can find you, where they can send you more questions? Uh, sure, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter, Erwan Kompes, E-R-W-A-N-C-O-M-P-E-S. And uh, I've also got a YouTube channel if you want to check some tutorials, especially around <laughs> things that are not related to design, building your own bike, uh, building a desk, things like this. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, feel free to reach me on Twitter. And uh, it was really nice uh, chatting with you, Daniel. Yeah, it was uh, great chatting with you. I really look forward to see what the development of phase will be in the next couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy that, that uh, we're able to talk. And I will check out your YouTube channel because I'm curious about the desk. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot, everyone. And to all of our listeners, thank you for being with us. Uh, you can always check out face.com slash magazine where you can find this uh, interview in a full written form. So thanks a lot. And until the next one. Bye-bye. So yeah, that's about it for this interview. Feel free to subscribe to Face Magazine Podcast on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. For more, you can always check out our website, face.com magazine. Also, welcome to join Face community on Slack. Until the next one, bye! <laughs>